to a Wednesday edition of the Bruce Hooley Show. The rest of the week will be probably a little off kilter. That's how it is when you have a holiday in the middle of the week. But I'm glad to have you with us. And uh, I'm looking forward at noon today to visiting with Michelle Reynolds, one of the new state senators in the state of Ohio. And uh, Michelle has done a great job in the legislature. And she's an advocate of, and as am I, the uh, school choice expansion in the state of Ohio, which is official since the last time we spoke together. Yes, Governor Mike DeWine signed the budget agreed upon by the House and the Senate uh, in the wee hours of July the 4th. And I have spent many hours on this show uh, talking about the necessity for and the uh, use of giving parents a true choice when it comes to their child's education. Income limits have been vastly expanded. It's not True universal school choice, but it's pretty good. It's a vast improvement over what we had before. Before Governor Mike DeWine's signature on the budget and the expansion of Ed Choice in Ohio, if you were a family with an income above $70,000, forget it. You were not going to be eligible for an Ed Choice scholarship. Now, an Ed Choice scholarship, it should be noted, does not pay for an entire private school tuition, but it will take a big chunk out of it. It will probably account for, except in the cases of the most uh, expensive public schools, uh, private schools, it will account for about 75% of the tuition. The argument against it has always been, number one, that it will take money away from public schools. We'll dispense with that one in a moment. And number two, that it was uh, rich white families who were getting Ed Choice scholarships and taking their white kids out of public schools and putting them in private schools. Uh, That never made any sense because an income limit to be eligible for an Ed Choice scholarship meant that if you made over $70,000 a year as a family, you weren't eligible. But it's very easy for the teachers' unions to lie about this because the media doesn't call them on it. What is much more common is that you have a husband and wife of moderate to modest income levels who in tandem were making more than $70,000 a year, but if they had two kids in private school, they were paying out of pocket about 20 grand for their child's education. Now, if you have a total family income of $70,000 and you have to spend not quite a third, but pretty close to a third, maybe 27, 28%, 30% of it on your kid's education, that tells you a couple things. Number one, it's a big financial sacrifice. Number two, To make that financial sacrifice, you have parents who are deeply, deeply invested, not just financially, but emotionally and every other way, in making sure their kids get a good education. Could they send their kids to the public school in the district where they live, not pay anything extra? Yeah, they could. Why would they not want to do that? Well, because they don't like topics that are being taught or how they're being taught or the values that are being personified. I want to note that not all public schools are bad. Not all public schools indoctrinate rather than educate, but some do. And if public schools are going to prioritize that, going to engage in that, 
then now, like never before, parents are going to be empowered by the state of Ohio dangling an Ed Choice scholarship in front of them if they're eligible financially. That's going to make public schools much more accountable than they've ever been. Now, the income limits as Ed Choice scholarships are uh, newly constituted in the state of Ohio have almost doubled to be fully eligible to get the full Ed Choice scholarship. And the amounts of the Ed Choice scholarship have gone up. If you have a student, kindergarten through grade eight, and you make, let's say, for a family of four, because we can, I can give you the numbers for every family level, but I think most families of four, or family of four is pretty common, four or five. Your K through eight student will now be eligible to receive a six thousand one hundred and sixty five dollars scholarship. So you're still going to owe, and I use ten thousand as the pretty much the benchmark for private school education. You're still going to owe thirty nine hundred bucks. It's going to pay about sixty percent of the tuition. If you have a son or daughter in grades nine, ten, eleven, or twelve, you're going to get eighty four hundred dollars. So if you owe ten. Now you owe sixteen hundred. Now that is a big, big, big difference. Speaking as someone who has two kids in high school, in a private high school, that's a huge difference. That'll make a huge difference to our family's income. Now the teachers who uh, claim that, and the teachers' union heads, and they all do claim that this takes money away from public schools. Let's just see, right? The budget, the projected budget, because we don't know, not everybody who's eligible for an Ed Choice scholarship is going to take one. Maybe a lot of people are happy with the public school where they send their kids. They have no desire to send their child to a private school. They're going to keep going to the local high school. That's a personal decision that every parent should get to make. They estimate that the budget for the expansion of ed choice is going to cost the state of Ohio $825 million. $825 million. Now, it should be noted, the state of Ohio is flush with cash. Our credit rating is higher than it's ever been. We have more money on hand than we've ever had on hand before. Doesn't mean you have to spend it, but it's just saying that we're not, we're not California, okay? We don't have a $35 billion budget deficit. So it's $825 million is the new price tag. You say, wow, wow, that's a lot of money, Bruce. That's got to be coming out of somewhere and probably out of the public school budget. I, I can just hear the teachers' union making that claim. Scott DeMauro, Ohio Education Association, Melissa Cropper, American Federation of Teachers, no doubt are arguing that. And by the way, to both people, you're free to come on this show and argue that. Uh, you will be challenged because... The numbers also show that in this new budget that Mike DeWine signed into law, I'll just quote from it, total biennial increase on K-12 through school districts, that was increase, by the way, $1.54 billion. Hmm, let me do the math. If the total biennial increase on vouchers, Ed Choice Scholarships, is $825 million, and the total biennial, that means two-year, 
increase on K through 12 school districts funding to public schools in the state of Ohio is 1.5 billion. It's been a while since I was in uh, Mr. Turner's high school math class, but I do believe that means the state budget is giving almost twice as much to public schools over the next two years as they are setting aside for Ed Choice scholarships. That would be an interesting comeback for me to offer to Melissa Cropper or Scott DeMauro if they come. Scott has come on the show before. Uh, I don't know if he'll come on again, but he's welcome to come on again. I would love to have him come on again and explain to me why competition is bad for public schools. What I look forward to doing in a week or two is getting a hold of local private schools and asking them, have you been inundated with applications for Ed Choice scholarships? Because for those parents out there who are going, whoa, I didn't hear about this Ed Choice thing. You've been talking about it as a pie in the sky. Hope you get it. Now you say we've got it. Where do I start? How do I begin the process? Well, you have to, A, make sure that your student is accepted for enrollment at the private school where they want to go. And then you go through that school to apply for the EdChoice scholarship. Okay, Some schools will take the EdChoice money as full tuition. Some schools will take the EdChoice money and require you to pay the difference. I can't possibly get into all the nuances of that for you with every school and every student. It could be different. So there you go. But that's how you start the process. You get them admitted to the private school you want to send them to. Then you go through that school to seek your Ed Choice scholarship. But I applaud. No, I'm not going to applaud Jason Stevens in the Ohio House. I applaud the Ohio Senate and Matt Huffman for being a leader on this. I applaud DeWine for signing it. And uh, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled for the expansion. It's phenomenal. Uh, We'll go through what Mike DeWine X'd out of the budget. He has the line-item veto that all U.S. presidents wish they had. Uh, What did DeWine say no to? And what does that mean for you as an Ohio citizen going forward? One of the big things in the budget is a social media permission policy for kids under age 16. Do you like that? I do. Hope you enjoyed your 4th of July. I had a fun, productive 4th of July. Spent a lot of time working outside, uh, mowing the lawn, lined the driveway with flags. Flags are still up. I couldn't bring myself to take them down. Uh, Worked a little bit on a deck project. Uh, Took in a local fireworks show. Uh, Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. I got to thinking yesterday. I woke up and I was thinking, that's July 4th. Great. Love it. Thank you, Dad, for serving in World War II. Um, Wish America was at a different place in terms of its um, patriotism, pride in the unique founding of our country, uh, the collective wisdom of our founders. Wish it was at a different place in terms of uh, devotion to God. Uh, But still, very grateful for the freedoms that we have and for the people who uh, fought to give them to us. And then I thought, what do Democrats celebrate on the 4th of July? Like, seriously, like, what do they celebrate? 
Like everything that I celebrate, they hate. I celebrate personal autonomy, freedom, liberty, um, lack of government intrusion into my life. I don't get to celebrate that much anymore. <laughs> what do they celebrate? Like they they find fault with everything about our country that makes it unique and special, uh, that makes it the greatest country ever. Uh, they they mouth the empty platitudes. Uh, heard Biden screaming, "We can do anything. Where are they united?" And shut up. I mean, just shut up. I I find his parroting of uh, patriotic themes to be so disingenuous. This is also the man who, after the Supreme Court, one of the three co-equal branches of government, weighs in with its judicial wisdom applying the Constitution as it was written, not as uh, Democrats feel it ought to be interpreted, who comes out and disparages and denigrates the court to divide us further as a nation. Uh, The Supreme Court rulings of last week took us back to, or closer to, uh, the country we were founded to be. Freedom of speech, freedom of religion, equal opportunity. And Democrats hate that. They hate it. They hate it to the point of now, uh, often, saying out loud, uh, how America can't really be uh, what it was intended to be unless we tear down all the structures that allowed it to be what it is. That makes no sense to me. Uh, Likely makes no sense to you, or you wouldn't be listening to this show unless you really like being made angry. (laughs) But I just want, what do Democrats celebrate? I know what old Democrats used to celebrate. I mean, I, I watch RFK's speeches. He sounds like his uncle. I've said this before, I'll say it again, I'll say it until it changes, and I don't think it ever will change. Can you imagine a Democratic president in his inaugural address saying what John F. Kennedy said in 1960, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country? That implies a love of country, a willingness to sacrifice for country, a a willingness to sublimate your own ego for the collective good of the country. We used to share that value in this country. We don't share that value anymore. And Democrats bellyaching is the reason why we don't share that value. Now, while you were celebrating July the 4th, there was a um, another blow to uh, Democratic dictatorship struck by a federal judge who scolded the Biden administration and said, you're not allowed to even talk with social media companies anymore. You can't cram down your misinformation standards on us as a collective people via Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, and uh, other social media platforms. Uh, Biden's supposed to come out today because he's got some other world leader at the White House. He's supposed to come out today. I'm sure he'll decry that ruling as well. Because... Biden, Corinne Jean-Pierre, give anybody a federal office, they have spent ample time spreading true disinformation. Remember, if you get the vaccine, it stops the virus. You won't be able to transmit it to anyone else. 
So I look forward, I guess, to uh, seeing him upset by another judge, illegitimate in the eyes of Democrats, of course, uh, standing up for the principles and the founding precepts of our nation. Uh, Back to the state budget and uh, Mike DeWine's vetoes. Mike DeWine does have something that Joe Biden wishes he had. That is a line item veto. DeWine can go through the state budget and he can X out whatever he doesn't like. And he X'd out the fact that the state, the Senate and the House, did not want local municipalities and towns to be able to set up their own prohibitions against flavored tobacco. Remember the city of Columbus instituted that? And then the state came along and said, no, you can't do that. Well, now the state has been uh, retarded in its ability. The House and the Senate have been retarded in their ability to stop that by Governor DeWine's veto. DeWine also, Mr. Mr. Vaccine Man, Mr. Uh, Take My Orders from Dr. Amy Acton, DeWine line item vetoed out a provision that would have allowed any student to decline vaccines required for enrollment in Ohio's colleges and universities. So now Ohio State and others can do what they did during COVID. They can require you to get a vaccine to be enrolled or to live in the dorms. Thank you, Mike DeWine. You're still the Frady cat you were during COVID. He, of course, says it could compromise the overall health and safety of other students. Mm, Yeah, right. Sure. He also vetoed a ban on foreign adversaries owning agricultural land in the state of Ohio. So come on in, Xi Jinping. Buy all the farmland you want. Mike DeWine says just fine. What's the worst thing that could happen? China could take over a, a big share of Ohio's food supply and the land by which we grow it. I don't see a problem. That's Mike DeWine. Some of the other stuff was not so bad. Um, the state was going to require, the budget was going to require nursing homes to have private bathrooms for every single resident. Well, I think that's ideal. Uh, I don't think that's practical for nursing homes that are already in existence. So I don't have a problem with that one. But some of the stuff that DeWine did (laughs) makes me again wonder, as he aged as an elected official, is it just me or has he become less and less and less committed to the things the Republican Party is supposed to be committed to?